Leading the NHL right now to start things off. Oh my goodness! It seems like every day we're getting two or three games canceled. Kind of a joke. They got to start figuring this out. What's going on, Cody Jansen, Adam Ermentrout here, World Hockey Report, coming to you live, twelve ounce Sports Single TV channel seven sixty one. Huge, huge show today. Brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use promo code one two o z sports all caps no spaces and MyBookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. MyBookie.ag, huge show lined up in about uh, five minutes' time, less than that. We're going to get Tim Stapleton on, former NHLer, the man with all the stories then. In about 40 minutes' time, Leah Hextall, she's going to come on. We'll talk some women's hockey. Maybe we'll talk about another Hextall in the news that's coming up in about 40 minutes' time. Let's snap it over to Saskatchewan. Adam, what's up, buddy? How's it going? Still cold here, man. It's been like minus 50 for two weeks. I'm... Battling through a dentist appointment yesterday, but you know we're we're here and we interviewed we did Stapleton earlier today and that guy is probably the funniest guy I think we'll ever talk to. Like we answered the he answered the phone and we're just like, <laughs> like this is gonna be something. Oh, wisdom teeth are a pain in the ass too. Let me tell you about that. We'll get into that later. Okay, Adam, we got to bench someone quick though. Who are we gonna bench for our friends at Quack Stats, the most advanced player tracking technology? Who are you sitting? Uh, Bell Media. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to rip on them too much. We've had some other people on, but to to shut down Vancouver, who I think they had a really good quarter last year, I th- or last couple weeks ago, whatever. To shut down Winnipeg, uh, to shut down Hamilton. The way they did it, it was just like a computerized voice just hopped on. It was like, we're sorry that we're done. And I mean, it's crazy because I was listening to to Ray on Sakaris and Price like literally two days ago and all of a sudden like they're just off the air with how many ever other people. So bench bell media for how they handled it. Yeah. I think the problem is exactly what you said. It's how they handled it. I'm going to bench that Marcus Hogberg. Oh my yeah, goodness. He's... he's been terrible. 837 this season. He is directly the reason the Sens are losing a lot of these hockey games and they're not a good team. So uh, that's who's going to be benched for quack stats. Our friends over there. Great tracking technology. All right, let's hit a quick commercial break here. I know it's early. I know we teed up the show, but we got the man, the myth, the legend, Tim Stapleton coming on next. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jans and Adam Ermontrout with you on 12 Ounce Sports. All right, this interview is brought to you by Coco Vodka and Coco Rum. Back for another season of hockey is our great friends at Coco Vodka and Coco Rum. The best drink you'll ever have is on more shelves than ever across Alberta. Refreshingly different, Coco Vodka and Coco Rum is a vacation in a can. Enjoy the cocoa life with us. It's high quality ingredients, no fillers, no beer bloat, no cheap liquor. Cocoa vodka and cocoa rum is the real deal. All right, pleased to be joined now by Tim Stapleton. Played everywhere and anywhere. Went back to Russia for a second time, over 100 games in the NHL. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. I know we're not spent chiclets, but it'll have to do for today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I appreciate it. All right, we'll just, come on. Yeah, we'll we'll just hop into it. Um, 
You you went over to Finland after Minnesota Duluth, and you come back. You light up the AHL, but somehow you only get four NHL games in. Like like, what's the deal there? Uh you know, it was yeah. I mean, that's a great. I, I don't know. Uh, it was kind of <laughs> like I went on the <laughs> yeah. Like they, honestly, it was just uh, I went over to Finland on a tryout uh, after college, and then. You know, I wasn't expected to come back and play. Um, I was never drafted. So I just kind of, at the time in Finland, it was like, the, you know, like Tuka Rask and, and Antti Niemi. It was like a hotbed for goalies to finish goalies. And I just so happened to catch the eye of the Maple Leafs and then, um, you know, just signed my first deal there. And and as far as, I, I probably because I'm like 5'1 or 5'2, it was probably, you know, at that time it was uh, – still kind of transitioning into, you know, today's game, which is a little bit smaller um, players. Uh, so whether I, I don't know what exactly it was. I know, um, yeah, the year was going all right in the minors and eventually I got called up and, you know, I, it, for me, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't really the goal of my career, like to play in the NHL. So obviously I was, I was grateful to take that. And, and now I'm, now I'm here, I guess, talking to you guys and, we can we can laugh about it <laughs> you've made you've made it um yeah so like <laughs> yeah well i'm here it all worked <laughs> out guys i'm here i'm here i'm on the podcast all right anyway yeah so yeah, cut yeah me Toronto's... Off if i ramble on here just cut me off hey, anytime but go ahead no that's great i mean toronto's just kind of a circus like with all and you were there and i mean maybe they're dark days with like the ron wilson and brian burke and i see like doug gilmore as your assistant coach and I mean, not to rip on any Toronto media, but there's probably a couple of guys like, like, what was Toronto like? And I know that Jason Blake was, was a, a bit of a character too. Well, yeah, it was the dark days. They, they signed me. That was part <laughs> of the dark days, right? Like they were searching. Um, no, it was, uh, it was different for me. Cause it was, it was great. Uh, just cause I knew, like I said, it was my first NHL contract and, and that city, was awesome. I mean, and then we were, you know, being on the Marlies at the time, I don't know if it's different, but we were kind of like the JV squad. So it was just like, no one really cared. Um, so we got to play hockey in a great city and kind of just kind of be under the micro or, you know, like out of the, out of the microscope, but, but, but getting called up was like a, you know, just the experience that as a Maple Leaf was, it was crazy. I mean, the media, in the locker room when there was like, I mean, I just, I was kind of blown away. Um, in the, in the first, only, you know, it was a couple of days, but it was, it was, um, a kind of a life changing moment for me of, of realizing how much pressure it is there. Um, and I do, yeah, like you said, I don't know if I'd call them the dark days, but it was, it was, um, I more of like, I guess a rebuilding. I know, I think Brian Burke came in like halfway through, uh, and I think it was Fletcher got moved out, I believe with the GM, but, you know, when Burke, Berkey came in, he was uh, still kind of trying to build, you know, that he was that mindset of building that, that kind of a tougher team, uh, bigger guys. So maybe that's like, shit. I'm out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, I was, yeah. I, uh, the la- I saw the fourth game I got called up. It was like the last game of the year. And I remember it was like Ron Wilson came to our Marley's game and he like came in and was like, Oh, sorry. We probably should have called you up more. You want to play? It was like, you want to play the last game? And I was like, I, yeah, yeah, sure. You know? And then I played it and kind of thought like there was hope like, Oh man, like he's a great guy. And then they traded me like maybe a month later. So you, it was, um, you get called up. Yeah. Like, do I get an NHL pay for this week? 
Yeah, yeah, no, it was like I'm, I'm, I made it. Like I'm gonna play the last, and then it was like the last game was like against Ottawa. Like no, neither team was making playoffs. There's like the like, just kind of like that agreement. Like no one hit each other. Let's get out of here, you know. So I'm like, you know, and I'm like all nervous, and I'm like, this, I don't know. It was, yeah, it's a joke. I, I'm a joke. Oh man, my dad's calling me, dude. If guys, if I, if I could three, if I could get this guy in on this, it would be hilarious because he just he'll start talking about. Stuff that he's gonna call me a hundred times. I'm gonna hang up on him. Hold on. Anyways, go ahead. More minor league stories, Tim. I I, sorry, take you away from your dad here. I feel guilty now, somewhat. But I love asking guys about. You know what the best part? The best part about my dad is like everyone. They like when I was in Toronto, they used to always ask me like, "You related to Pat Stapleton?" I think his nickname was Whitey. And I was just like, no, like my dad's like, a, he's a graphic designer, like never played hockey. And my dad to this day still gets pissed. He's like, why did you lie? Like you got to tell people. I, anyways, it, it was irrelevant to what we're doing. So go ahead. Just Sorry, guys. Stretch the truth. Distant cousins. No, I, I wanted to ask about your, uh, your, your welcome to the NHL moment. Like I love asking that guys like kind of like, holy shit, I'm actually in the league right now. What was it like for you? Oh man, I just told this story too. I mean, not that I, I, I don't mind telling it cause it's, it's kind of, um, I can't really make it up, but when you guys asked the first original question about like, you know, playing well, not getting called up, like I, it did get to a point for me, like, which I had no right to, um, you know, just the way I was signed and, and kind of the order of like, you know, draft picks and guys they invested in and whatever you want to call it. But it was like in February and I, I, I was at a point where I was kind of like, am I going to, you know, am I ever going to get called up? Um, and my agent came into town, uh, for some, some meeting he had, but he invited me to dinner. And, and that night I went to dinner. It was right next to the, the, where the Leafs played. I don't know what it's called today, but it was there. Canada center. Is that what it's Real called? Sports. I think. Or no. Uh, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I was eating dinner with him and a couple other guys and, and I was actually like complaining to him, which, you know, just kind of like, am I like this stupid? Like, why did I even come here? And he's like, just be, you know, you're going to get called up, da, 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 all that stuff. And, and that within five minutes of that dinner, like it, it was, uh, someone went down in the game. It was on TV. Uh, they were playing the Rangers at home. And then um, it was, I think it was John Mitchell. And then uh, right there, I just got a call. Um, but I, I wasn't answering the phone because I was at this dinner. And then they, they called my agent who was sitting across from me. And he's like, yeah, he's sitting right here, da, da, da. And then I, I got on the phone and, and they were like, you're, you're called up. You're you got to go home, put a suit on, come back down here. And uh, we're going to Long Island tomorrow and you're going to be in the lineup. And I'm like watching this. I just got done complaining, you know? And so I'm like, what? So I just like went, got a suit, came back, had to like, had to like juke the, the security guy. Cause he didn't like believe that I played hockey. Like, you know, like he's like, you're not playing like, no, no chance. You know? So I was like, had to convince him. I'm like, and then I got in there, like as the team was, coming off the ice of a shootout they won guys are giving like, like you know you you kind of knew guys from like training camp and then it was just like bam i was on the plane and then the next day was my first game and i was in i played and it was yeah i scored the shootout winner i mean it all happened in like 24 hours where it was you know it's pretty cool today to, to think about for sure so you you headed to atlanta after that chicago atlanta san antonio a bit like what was atlanta like and maybe like the the fact that afinagenov and kovalchuk and all these russians were on your team maybe you're like yeah like these guys are pretty good like i'll head to russia after this like what was the vibe in, in atlanta and like did you think that you guys were were on the market to move 
No, and and yeah, Finnegan, uh, those yeah, I know that that definitely didn't get any Russian interest uh, at that moment. Um, I don't think I ever talked to those guys, but it was uh, no, um, yeah. I, I when I got traded to Atlanta, it was it was kind of um, a situation where I knew their minor league team was the Wolves, the Chicago Wolves, where I'm from. So it was kind of I was pretty excited about it, and then I got to training camp, and if Finnegan, if they signed late like late in training camp, I think it was, or I believe it was really late. And uh, which, which not saying like he was the reason I got sent down. I think he had a good year that year anyways, but they're competing um, for a spot with him. Well, I was, I don't think I was competing for a spot with like any, yeah, with anybody at the time. I think it, the spot was mine. And then like a week in the training camp, they're like, we got to sign somebody. And that's when they signed up again off. And then I was, I was kind of like the guy penciled in. Uh, to possibly maybe make the team out of camp. But anyways, uh, regardless, I, you know, Atlanta was, um, it was, I, I, we loved it. And for me, it was, it was another situation. I mean, the only thing that sucked was, I guess you would play games and you could hear like a guy sneeze up in like the, you know, section 300. We, we would literally have a thousand fans at the game and you could just hear like everything. But you know, I know it, with today's times and no, no, being no fans, I, you know, it's not, you know, I get it, but it's just, um, we didn't think, I didn't think we were getting moved. Uh, I think uh, it was rumored, but like no one really, I think kind of believed that. And then it was just over the summer. Um, yeah, we just moved. Um, and, and it was, they changed the whole staff to, cause I think the second year I played in Atlanta, I got more games and I was kind of getting, and then I was on a, first year of a two-way uh two-year contract which the second year was a one-way so it's it was the first time and only time i signed a multi-year contract in my career and it was kind of like thinking like oh man i could maybe this is a chance to, to stick around a little bit and then we went to winnipeg and uh yeah I, we got put on waivers there but ended up staying there but anyways we'll, we'll stay with the atlanta part for now how did you find Dell? You guys are moving to Winnipeg, Dell. Like when, like, were you watching on TV and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I have to move to Manitoba." What? Like, like, what was your reaction? How did you find out? Um, I was at a bar uh, in Chicago, um, and I think like someone, I, I don't like someone told me about it. I, I might have like, you know, hockey's not like. It's big in Chicago. You know, a lot of people are Blackhawks fans, but like overall, you're not at a bar and like watching a hockey game. And then, you know, the Blackhawks game when it's over, like they're turning on another hockey game. Like it's not, it's not like a hockey. It, it's hard to explain. I guess you guys get it because it's great. Canada's city, great city. But yeah, no. And, and I think I can't remember. I do know that I was dating a girl in Atlanta who like immediately was like, Hey, we're done. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, so, like, like, I'm like, all right, you clearly wanted to be with me because of me, but um no i uh yeah <laughs> um i yeah i don't know what i was thinking i mean i i knew about winnipeg just from the manitoba moose and i think it was just you know right away you thought about the weather change but you didn't at least for me i didn't realize what i was going into as far as the complete night and day difference of, of the support of the team um, and that, and that was pretty awesome. So it was, uh, yeah, that's how I found out. I was at a bar or I, I, I can't really remember, but I, I know it wasn't, I knew about it a day before it was like, I just got Like someone told me, like, it was like a bug. I'm like, how do you know? Like, I was like questioning my buddy who doesn't play hockey and he's like, Oh, you're going to Winnipeg. I'm like, what? 
And then, yeah. so that's how I, it's the same way I found out I got traded from Toronto. I was like eating lunch and my buddy, it was like uh, another a friend of mine that didn't play hockey. He was like, Hey, you're going to love Atlanta. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I was just watching the NHL network and it said on the bottom line, you got traded. I'm like, Oh, and then I called my agent. He's like, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, Oh, it's, this is awesome. You're like, this is where I am on the, on the, on the pecking order. Yeah. Once yeah, again, I'm no. here guys. Yeah, there, here, here you are. Winnipeg's uh, like I mean the the market seems seems great. I went to a Jets game last year and uh, I was watching my buddy play against the Moose or whatever. And we go out after the one game and there's nowhere to go. Like we went to the Shark Club that's attached to the rink there or whatever. Like, what was Winnipeg like? Where would you guys go? And I mean, this is kind of a two parter, I guess. Claude Noel, I, I've seen his top ten on Sports Center. Like, like was he just a comedian or like just like the most dry guy ever? Oh man, that's, these are great questions. Uh, going like, as far as the Winnipeg part for me, uh, you know, it was, it was that first year, um, you know, kind of being like the lovable losers almost not, not that we were, we were actually decent. And I think we had a decent, I mean, we kind of almost crept into the playoffs, but everyone was just happy that you were back there, back there. So we kind of went the, I mean, anywhere was fun. I mean, but you know, I, I, as you guys know, like you said, that shark club wasn't there um, when I was there. Um, but it was like, you know, the typical, I don't know, Earl's <laughs> like, you know, like the uh, Moxie's like that kind of stuff. But it was just where I'm going with this. It was just kind of fun to go out um, in public. And, and, you know, for me, it was just here playing in, in that city and, and, and being a Winnipeg jet, it was, there's nothing better, especially, I know today it's, it's a little bit different with, you know, they want you to win and, and it's tough for guys sometimes um, to go out, but it's just uh, at that time for me, it was just fun. It was a lot of, I took it all in and I just had a lot of fun with it. And then um, this is, this is where my, this is where I'm horrible. What was the second question? Honestly, I completely, my brain. Yeah. Sorry. Shot. That was that wasn't my, my best Larry King moment or whatever, but, uh, no, like just Claude Noel, I, I seen his, his top. Oh t- yeah. Claude Noel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also like you know, a, a he, couple of the guys there, like, uh, I, you were with Bufflin. I'm not going to ask if you went to the tables with Evander Kane, but you're with Bufflin and Wheeler and guys were still there too. Wait, what, what, what'd you just say? Where was I at the casino? Oh uh, yeah. With Evander Kane, but that's probably a little off topic now. <laughs> Oh, I was with, oh man, you can't, oh no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, no, um, Claude Noel, let's talk about Claude Noel. Um, he, yeah, he was, uh, I loved, I mean, it, you couldn't not like him. Like he was just kind of like a good person, right? Like he just always, um, I, I don't know how to explain him. He was definitely different. Uh, you know, I remember when we first got in Winnipeg, we were doing, these uh he had like players once a week like you had to like do a i don't know what he called it it was like a biography of yourself i don't know if that's the right term but like you had to get in front of the team and like have like a uh, like a powerpoint presentation like a projector thing and like talk like like find pictures of like you and your family and growing up and it was just kind of is that what it's called a biography i know what a biography is but it's i think that's what he called it but like it lasted for like three weeks. We got to like three players and guys were just like, dude, we're in the, like, what are we doing? And it was just like, it was, it was, it was like you were in school given like, Hey, this is where I grew up. And it's like, I remember Brian little did his and I was dying, but it was, um, that's just kind of how he was. I, I don't know. I, I think he, 
was a, a good coach. I, I, you know, just, I, and to me, he played me eventually and, and believed in, and, you know, trusted my play and, and yeah, I mean, obviously he went off the cuff sometimes and, and when he got, when he got pissed off and whatever, I mean, he said some wild things, but yeah, overall he was, he was different, but I, I, I enjoyed him and I, uh, I was grateful to play for him for sure. What's he doing now? I, I, the last I, I checked, he was coaching the, yeah, he's probably with us. He's coaching <laughs> yeah, the, I, actually, I actually got a call with him at 11 here, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's like coaching the Vancouver Giants for a bit, but I mean, he's probably just checked out now. What, what was uh, Blake Wheeler like? I mean, he's a captain. Maurice defended him to like the ends of the earth the other day. What's Blake Wheeler like there? Blake was, I mean, he's one of, he's a good friend of mine, probably out of, um, through those times of Atlanta and Winnipeg of kind of keeping in touch. Like I probably keep in touch with him and Buff a little bit, probably more than mostly anybody, but he, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but he, I always make fun of him cause he's, you know, he's, his career has been like, it's almost like the older he's getting, it's like the better he's getting. Um, and he, he ended up playing that first turn in Winnipeg. I don't know if you, he, like, he was playing with like me and Keenan McArdle at one point or Kendall McArdle or whatever. And then I think he went like 20 games without a goal, Blake did. And and I just always give him a text once in a while and just remind him of like where he came from, you know, like where he started and just let him know that, hey, I had a lot to do with his career. But anyways, we always joke around about that. But he, um, I Blake's great. I mean, he's very competitive. Uh, I knew personally, I, I, I figured when Laddie left that, he had a good chance of becoming the captain. I think he should have became a captain, um, which he did. And I think it's also turned him into a better person too. I mean, um, I'm talking like competitive, like I lived with him in like training camp in the beginning of the year. And like, I'd play this guy in like a video game. He would like shock his controller, like break it off the wall. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> You're like 30, <laughs> you know? So he's, uh, but that's just how he is. He's a competitive guy. And he's definitely the right guy. And I didn't see what Maurice said. I don't know what um, I haven't followed. So I'm sure it was some drama going on from what you just said. Okay. Yeah, like, ask him like another coach. analytics. Oh, yeah. yeah that's huh? Maurice one. Maurice went on about analytics and really. Did you guys speak English there? What did you guys, you guys both <laughs> talk at the same time. I have no idea what you just said. What did you say? Oh, he said that. Oh. Uh, just uh, we, yeah. <laughs> We're trying to communicate here you over Skype. Up. We're not like, hot we're stuff. <laughs> you just you just ripping on like the media about analytics and shit. He just kind of gave him an earful. So no, I wanted to ask about another coach though, and that's Keenan. I mean, when you were in Magnitogorsk, we'll, we'll hop over there. Like, was he on another power trip or what? I mean, you got a firsthand experience of one of the most I don't know if volatile is the right word here, but coaches of all time. Yeah, I mean, he was just. Uh... Man, he was, yeah, he was, he was, he just put on a different, he's actually a decent guy, at least. I I don't, you know, I only had him for a few months, but I grew up, you know, being from Chicago, like you knew about Iron Mike, that was his nickname in the 90s, you know? So when I got traded to him, he was, yeah, he was like a, you know, just, he, uh, away from the rink, he was a very, you know, caring person. Um, but as soon as you got in the rank, he was just like, he put on this, like, just this, like, it was crazy. Like what he, the, you just didn't know what he was going to do or say. 
Um, and he never made you feel comfortable. And I know that was kind of his, his thing uh, throughout his career. And you hear it from like the greatest players, you know, you guys, Messi, Aronic, all these guys talk and they say the same thing. And I, I mean, it was to a point when I was in Russia, like I would go back to my apartment. I'd be like watching documentaries on this guy. Cause that's how much he would be like in my head. And, and, and it was uh, not in a bad way. I just like, man, I, I just, when I was kind of, you know, towards the end of my career where I thought I should have been, that should be the least of my issues is like worrying about like what a coach is saying. But like, I just, uh, I remember, I remember the one time in playoffs, we, I think we lost two, we lost the first two games. We came home for game three and, and we came in the locker room for like the morning skate. And I remember I was walking in and I'm just like, man, like, I don't want to skate today. I just want like a day off, like everyone, and he was playoffs. And he was really good about that, but you just never knew what he was going to do. And, and I was like, I just hope we don't skate. I hope he's not going to like, you know, say, I don't know, who knows what he's going to say. So he starts, I, I come in and he's like, he's Keenan, like putting these chairs, like in a big circle. So I'm like, oh man, like maybe he's just going to get, you know, once in a while he'd give these like awesome, like motivational, like speeches, which were quietly kind of just telling us like how great he was, but it was just kind of like, it would tell, it would talk about like how, you know, when he was with the Rangers and won this cup, but like for me, it was, it was kind of cool to hear. So he finally sits and all, we all sit in a circle and he just goes, you know why I got the chairs set up like this? So none of you guys can fucking hide. And then he went around the circle and just ripped everybody. And I was like, oh my. And it, it was just like, I, you know, just what you would probably think. Out of, it's the complete opposite with him. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, I, I can't, what can I really say about the guy? He has had a successful career coaching and, and he knows what, the, what it takes to win. And yeah, he was, but he was, uh, he was one of the, crazier coaches i've had if, if that's what you want to call it for sure would he ever rip moisiakin or no like were they kind of like the russians just like hey stick away from this one guy like he's pretty fucking good oh no that's i not really i mean moisiakin there's another guy jeropop and then like that that first line was i mean one of the best lines i'm, I'm assuming ever in the khl and they kind of uh they you know keenan held he he would, uh, but nothing. Mosiakin can come in. We would get days off based off of like Mosiakin, just like maybe he went out last night. <laughs> you know, like he would just come in and be like, yeah. And then we'd have like an optional practice or something. But I remember the one time, but someone, I think it was like Tim Brent said he was at a concert and he ran into Keenan. This was in Russia. And like there's a, you know like those hookahs like it's like a, the smoking oh, yeah. hookahs like they're yeah they're big over in Europe in Russia or at least in Russia like all the bars you have like these hookahs and Tim Brent's got to tell a story but he said basically he he walked in on, it was like Keenan smoking one of those hookahs at a concert <laughs> and he told Tim Brent he's like hey you ever smoke one of these you know and it's not I I think it's just obviously it's like tobacco it's not like you know but it, and Tim Brent's like no not really he goes. And he's referring to Jeropov, and he's like, Jeropov smokes these all the time. He's just with Keenan saying, he's like, and he's a rock star, so you better hit this. <laughs> <laughs> but so Zeropov, and, uh, yeah, like he, he would, I, I've seen him yell at, but not really. I mean, he played, that, that's who the, and that's where Keenan was, he was smart. Like he, he knew who to rely on um, to win the games and, and, yeah, I mean, he held them accountable, I guess. But those guys also, 
you know, I mean, they probably didn't understand half the shit he was saying, right? <laughs> like, there's, I've seen Keenan yeah. like yell. I've seen Keenan like a, inches away from like a Russian guy. Like, you, am I, I uh, swearing's okay or what? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here. I'm, okay. <laughs> so he's, he's in this guy's face. Like, I'm talking, you know, and this, the, the, this guy, Max, and Max has got like his arms. Like, he's not even sitting up, like, you know, like a professional. He's, like, leaned back in the stall, like, with his arms, like, spread out, hanging on, like, the hanger bars. And, like, Keenan's like, Max, you fucking pussy. Like, just screaming, like, you going to do anything, da-da-da. And this Max just kind of looked. Keenan walked out. Max looks at me. He's like, Tim, uh, what did he say? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, he said you're playing well. I gave him, like, the thumbs up. Like, you're playing good, buddy. But that's that. So who knows, who knows if... Uh, like I said, of Mosey Akin or them, maybe he was yelling at them and they just, I don't know. There was no reaction at least. Yeah. Like what's, I mean, it's crazy about Russia. Like I'm looking at the hockey DB. There's like 45 guys that play on your team a year. Like how hard is it to like keep track of the guys and like the culture shock and like just what's it all like over there? Like, and and you went back a second time, but you went to Moscow. So it's basically like America. Yeah, no, my, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that was one of the, I mean, Moscow was, was awesome. It's like New York city. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was different, you know? And, and that's funny you say that because they, it's home. Like the first year I remember was during the lockout and it's just like, uh, you kind of, they like open the door for like, you can have as many kind of imports, I think, or something like that. Not as many as you want, but I think they, you, cause you can only have like four, I think, or four or five, like in Russia. And then out of the teams outside of Russia, you can have like eight or nine. And I was on the Belarus team, but at least that team, Shit I just hole. remember like if you were playing, yeah, you, Belarus was actually awesome. Min- Minsk is nice. Was, Minsk is like nice. Yeah, go a Minsk, mile Minsk out and you're going to awesome. get shot. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, we could go on. That could be a whole different episode guys. If you want to get into that, but no, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, long story short is like you would when you were playing bad it was just like you would come in the lot like if you were at the hotel or like on the like i would come in the lobby and just walk by like the gm and the coaches and they're on literally like hockey db and they're just like hockey db guys <laughs> like that like when they brought pavelski over they like had him after like six games they were like hey you know, like, like they had him playing wing and i know i know joe can play both, but like, he's also like a natural centerman. He's really known for his face-offs. And after like five games, the coach was like, you want to good at like face-offs? And he's like, yeah, I'm actually like one of the best face-off guys in the NH. Like they don't, it's just, it, you're right. It's, it's like, especially when you're losing, they're searching um, any way possible. And it's like, they, it's like, they don't even, it's like they never heard of the NHL sometimes. Right. Like it's like, they, it doesn't exist. And then they'll bring someone over and it's like, you know who you just got? And they're like, no, we just need a player. <laughs> so it's just, uh, I don't know. You're right. Yeah. And then the, 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 lang- the language barrier was just that, that's where a lot of, I think um, my, my experiences come, you know, a lot of that kind of bases around like just language barrier. I mean, I, I mean, our doctor in Minsk, like was always, they're great people and they, they had great service and then for the players and, at least in Minsk, but like the doc, the the head doctor, like he, all he would say to me on anything I asked, he would just go injection, <laughs> and I'm like, no, like I have, I have diarrhea, doc. I need like my stomach. I don't I don't need an injection. I don't have a concussion. But that was like the only thing he could say. He was like injection, and I was like, no, like, and I mean, so 
I could say like my experiences, but it's coming off of just like my, the way I look at it and saw it, but it wasn't, um, yeah, I mean, you got used to it. I, I, I used a lot of Google translate. I wish I would have learned the language a little bit more, but, um, then you got into Moscow and, and like you said, it was, it was a lot easier. And that was, a, that was a really fun time for sure. Yeah. I, I give you a lot of credit for going there and going back. I, I don't even think I'd ever go overseas, let alone to Russia, but Tim, thanks so much for, for joining us. Give us a quick plug for Boykies. Like what have you been up to? How's the golf game and, uh, how's, how's Chicago life? Um, Boykies is going, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm learning, um, you know, we're just a year in and, uh, just trying to kind of build a brand, you know, I mean, I can go on and on and I, 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 I don't even, I would have to pull out my notes here. That's, that's, but you know, it's, uh, it's new to me, you know, a structure. And, that, and that's why, like when you guys, when I was just saying before this, I needed to just sit down and talk for 15 minutes to somebody. Cause I, <laughs> I'm like that, you know, I, I think I, that's the one thing we take for granted. I think at least for me, when I retired is like, you don't realize like how easy we had it as from a structural standpoint, like be on the bus, be a practice. And then I took like a year off thinking, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, golf and hang out. And now I'm the, you know, like in the movies, like the guy that's like goes the first day of work and he's, all this like bullshit like that 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 guy exists it's me like i like <laughs> i'm always in a hurry i'm forgetting shit like i'm spilling coffee like i the other day i like i i did the one thing i never thought i would do and that's like i drove away with like the gas but whatever thing still in my uh, tank ripped it right out of the fucking gas pump like you know what i mean just like and then i get here i was i don't know being a dad, I, I'm, it's grateful. I'm grateful to be a dad, but it also sucks. Like, you know, I don't know, but it's just, uh, overall, um, I'm actually in Indiana, which that's right. I live like 60 miles outside Chicago in between Illinois, and Michigan. I'm like right on the border. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't complain. I can't. Thank you. My boss just walked in. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, yeah. Like once again, I just lost the train of thought. This is my mind right now. But yeah, no, Chicago's great. I mean, everything's kind of shut, you know, not shut down. I know. What, how are you guys doing out there? Isn't you guys shut down right now? Oh, like you can't. Shut, can, shut like, down in minus 50. Yeah, minus 50. Car, <laughs> cars won't start. Like it, Cody's in Alberta. I'm in Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan's a little more open, but it's still like, and like the vaccines, we're, we might be vaccinated by 2025 up here. Oh man! Yeah, I'll take a it, vacation to Russia at this point. Oh, I know, right? Like, it definitely doesn't exist over there. They're like way past that. Um, no, it's not uh, anymore. Injection? They're just probably like injection. Um, yeah. No, I. Yeah, no. As far as today, yeah. Um, I'm I'm definitely grateful to just definitely come on this and 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 obviously just trying to be a parent and do the next right thing and. And then figure things out. That's kind of where I'm at today. For sure. Yeah. Well, well, thanks so much for coming on. I'll have to get you back on again and, and get some more, more stories and whatnot and, and plug Boyke's Bill Tongue. The most yeah, important Boyke's Bill Tongue. Snack. It's coming into Canada. Let's coming go. into Canada. 100%. I know. That's I know. I love it. It's been a long What'd you say? It'll have to quarantine for two weeks during our government up here. Yeah. No. It, it, it's uh it, it's definitely i still don't know what you said but i'm gonna keep talking um I, it's definitely coming into canada it's, it's a done deal it just takes time and 
I don't know what else to say right now, guys. Steve, you're the man. Thanks for hopping on. We gotta get through some more stories here eventually. What'd you say? We we gotta get you on eventually for some more European stories and talk about some nightlife and some of those stops you made. Oh, we gotta uh, no, hundred percent. I I can go on about. I could go out of like every country was like every league has its own. It's, it's awesome. Like I could oh. go on for days about. So yeah, I'd love to, guys. I, I enjoy this. I, I love that it's you know 15, 20 minutes because I could, like I said, you probably get to a point where you just hang up on me. So I appreciate it. <laughs> it's all good, Steve. Thanks, buddy. Stay safe, guys. See ya. It's Cody Jans with Adam Rumshaw with you. World Hockey Report Live coming to you on Twelve Ounce Sports. Yeah, brought to you by Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, a Canadian company changing the way we buy hockey sticks. Now, what's the number one problem you face when you're buying a top-of-the-line hockey stick? Well, they cost $300, which is wild. Pro Rock top-of-the-line stick weighing around 400 grams of the best price point. Check them out today, ProRock.com. That's P-R-O-R-O-C-C.com. Now, to our second guest of the show here on 12 Ounce Sports, it's Leah Hextall. The first female NHL play-by-play broadcast on a national broadcast should be in the league full-time, if you ask me. But, Leah, I, I really want to get your thoughts. There's a couple of huge recent announcements with the PWHPA. I mean, those games in Toronto and New York are massive. You know, how, how cool is this for the best players in women's hockey? You know, the fact is, Cody, is that this is a major step. And I know for some people they might say, oh, well, it's just a game here in New York and a game eventually in Toronto. But where we have to really look at this and from the viewpoint is what partnering, and that's the word that everybody has to key in on, what partnering with those two NHL teams says. First of all, the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs were talking about original six franchises, two of the biggest stages within the National Hockey League. And now the PWHPA and the greatest female players we have in the game, they are now exposed to their fan bases through social media because you know both those teams are going to promote the PWHPA, the games that are coming. They are going to also, as a union, be able to be connected to the partnerships that the Rangers and Leafs have. And I think we all know that the Toronto Maple Leafs make a little bit of money, you know, even, even in a pandemic, you know, those, <laughs> they know what they're doing there when it comes to corporate sponsorship. So it's a great learning tool, but you know, all those things are invaluable resources to the PWHPA, to its players, to them as an organization. But most importantly, it starts to tie the women's game to a legitimate branch of hockey and their infrastructure and bring them in to that NHL umbrella which is so important and it's what they've been fighting for so this is massive and i really believe that we are going to look back at these two partnerships and that this is the start of the right direction and getting us a full-time women's league and and it's very exciting yeah I, i think it's awesome and just to have those two organizations behind the pwpha is is awesome who are some some players to watch watch in all this and I mean, not to give a quick plug here, but Emily Clark, Saskatoon legend, uh, she's pretty good. Yes, you know what? I think, uh, you know, there's an incredible women to watch. I mean, the thing about the PWHPA, and this isn't a knock on the National Women's Hockey League, which is going on down in the United States and now has a team in Canada, because we want the women's game to be, you know, wherever it can be to give opportunities. But it's just a fact that the majority of the players that represent their countries within the Olympic Games, which is the highest level of women's hockey to date, play in the PWHPA and on the Dream Gap Tour. And the beautiful thing about it is, you know, you're going to see these names like 
Natalie Spooner and Sarah Nurse and Marie-Philippe Poulin and Kendall Coyne Schofield and Hillary Knight. These are household names in women's hockey, and you're going to see them elevated to become household names just in hockey. But then the great thing about the PWHPA is it has all of these uh, up and comers who we're going to see as that next generation, you know, and those young ladies, I mean, it's going to be a great eye-opening experience for some people to see what the next round of international hockey players look like and who we're going to be seeing, you know, as soon as 2022. Yeah, that's a great breakdown there. Quick shout out too to the Lamaroo twins who've uh, hung up the skates now. They were incredible. I mean, they were Canadian killers. They're they're you know two of the best American <laughs> hockey players in the last decade. They're incredible. So hats off to a great career for them. Um, I I, I love the breakdown there at the PWHPA. It's exciting to see. I'm excited to watch the games. I mean, you put them in that stage, as you said, you give them that marketing. It's going to be awesome. But we got to talk. There's another Hextall in the news, Leanne. I know. I, I believe he's your cousin, so you might have heard of him before. Ron Hextall, new GM of the Pans. What were your thoughts when you first saw heard that well first of all i was really happy to see ron come back into a general manager role so it could take some of the pressure off my shoulders to continue our legacy in the game because you know i've been working really hard at that and it's been very you know my back's tired from carrying around him for quite a while no uh i just um you know obviously this is super exciting um you know if you, as Ron said yesterday, if you would have told him four years ago when he was the GM of Philly or even 20 years ago when he was playing with Philly against the Pens in such a fierce rivalry, he would have laughed at you if, if you told him one day he was going to be the GM of the Penguins. But I think this really speaks to where Pittsburgh is. And this was such a coveted job. So for me, I'm just so proud of him for getting this job. This is such an elite franchise, an elite ownership group to see Brian Burke <laughs> coming in as president. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that's one of the toughest front offices I can think about right now. But the fact is, is that, you know, Pittsburgh, as we all know, they're still in it to win it. As long as you have Crosby and Malkin on your team and the Latangs of the world, you know, those pieces of the puzzle give you a chance and a, and a massive chance every night. But they do have to start looking at their prospect pool. And I think from what we can see, not only in Philadelphia, because I know everyone looks at Philadelphia and says Ron's fingerprints are all still all over that team in the draft and development he did. Look at L.A. You know, when Ron went down, there's assistant general manager with Dean Lombardi. L.A. had nothing. They had just, you know, they came in and they drafted Drew Doughty. And then they built in six years a Stanley Cup championship that won in 2012. And that was Ron really drafting and developing and working with Lombardi and learning it. So he loves the draft. He loves developing players. That's his jam. But I don't think people should get it twisted. I mean, he knows how to create a winner and he knows how to make trades and find players across the seas and make sure that he can get the pieces of the puzzle there in Pittsburgh. And I think he's going to be really strong there. Um, because of his background and and we'll see what they do but I have to say like I I almost feel torn because I grew up watching Ron the Flyers were my team you know and it's I still even though you know they released him as a GM I still can't help but always check in and see what Philly's doing uh, because you know they always say whoever you cheered for as a kid by the time you're 12 will be your team for the rest of your life but uh, I'm gonna have to make sure now that I I get over and uh start watching those Pittsburgh Penguins a little bit more and become a little bit more aware of what's going on in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hopefully nobody gives an offer sheet to a Penguins player or else, <laughs> else they might have to take on Ron and Ron and Brian. <laughs> um, speaking of, of the toughness, what, what's it like? I know I saw your tweet yesterday of Ron in that very, very white suit. What's it, what's it like growing up with him? Cause I heard Ray say the other day and Ray goes, Ron, the person's a great guy. Ron, the player in GM is, is very intense and, and driven. What's, how do you separate the two? 
And when you say Ray, are you referring to Ray Ferraro? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think he nailed it. Um, the one thing that Ron needs that people need to understand about Ron is, you know, on a personal level, Ron is, he's almost soft-spoken, you know, when you're with him, he's quiet and, you know, he gives me the gears and whatnot, but he is not what you see on the ice. And I think what everybody has to understand about my family and it's a misconception is people always talk about the Hextall temper. It's not really coming from the Hextall. It comes from the Hextall side, but not the Hextall namesake. Our tempers actually come from my nan, who's both Ron and I's grandmother. Her last name was Lyon. Gertrude Lyon was her name. And she was the, she was the fiery one. She was the one who would snap. Our pops, our grandfather, Brian Hextall, who's in the Hall of Fame as a ranger, he was a quiet man, very much how Ron is off the ice. And so that temper is not the Hextall temper, it's the lion temper. And that's one thing that people don't honestly know about our family. But um, he's, uh, you know, Ron's, Ron's a pretty calm guy. He's very level-headed. And I think that's why he's done so well in management is because he doesn't make knee-jerk reactions. He wouldn't react the way he would on the ice, per se, to what's going on in the front office. Well, yeah, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I know we could probably sit down and talk for another 20 minutes just about the Winnipeg Jets and everything going on there. But, uh, hey, where can people uh, find you? Give yourself a quick plug. I know you do the Hextall on hockey with CJOB there out in Winnipeg. What else are you up to? Yeah, I help CJOB out with their Winnipeg Jets coverage. But other than that, I'm getting ready to call some games um, upcoming here in the future. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, to get back into the rink and actually lend my voice in the play-by-play role. But you can just find me by my name, Leah Hextel, on Twitter and Instagram and all the beautiful platforms. And I love to connect with people and chat hockey. And I really appreciate, Cody and Adam, you guys having me on and taking the time to discuss the women's game because the more representation we can give them, the better. Hey, we might have to get you on to recap those as well and get your thoughts on it. I, hey, are, are you going to be calling them? Are you doing play-by-play? Can we break some news here or no? <laughs> we're, we're not going to be breaking any news <laughs> okay, today. Okay, it would okay. be a wonderful opportunity yeah. to get to do that, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Code, awesome. That's good for she's calling it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, no, Leah. No, we appreciate your time. <laughs> okay, thanks, thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Take Leah. care. Leah Hextall right there. The first female NHL play-by-play broadcaster. Again, I mean, she should be in it. She called that Vegas-Calgary game last year. Was that a bubble one or not? It was like oh. right around that time. I don't think it was, right? It was It was a normal game right before the pandemic hit. I think it was a, a hometown hockey one, too. Yeah. No, she's talented. Holy. I mean, yeah, what a family of bloodlines, too. It's funny that, like, oh, yeah, Hextalls aren't that temperamental. Well, I mean, anyone who watched Ron play... Might have something else to say about that. Adam, uh, hit me with some hockey news here. Let's blast through those yeah, before we get we'll, to your uh, dentist nightmare. We'll, we'll get into it. Ron Hextall's the new GM. Uh, Brian Burke, president of hockey operations. And I heard him today on uh, with Friedman, and he said that there was two jobs he was going to take. It was a Pittsburgh one or if the league ever took over a team. So it's kind of surprising, but I mean, just hearing him, like I'll actually kind of miss him. Like you see him on hockey night County, like that's kind of how he was, but I mean him and him on Oilers. Now I, I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I know. Brian is unbelievable. And you know, being lucky enough to talk to him multiple times, he's just a, he's a great guy. And when I say like, there's certain people that have an incredible amount of hockey knowledge, He's one of them. He's right up there with the Elliot Friedmans, the Chris Johnsons, those guys. Like he knows so much about hockey. It, it's silly. So good for him. Good for Ron. I, 
man, you, you kind of hop that border there. You go from Philly to Pittsburgh, maybe not an actual border, but you kind of cross the line. Now, like, what happens if he makes the Pens a legit contender? There's a ton of work to do there. But they still got some key pieces, as Leah said. Like, you've got a one, two, maybe three-year gap with Crosby, Malk, and Latang still, where they can be effective players. Yeah, they're, they're still a gap. And, I mean, this year they're without three of their top five defensemen right now. They're just, can he play goalie for them? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Tristan Jari hasn't been very good. Malkin needs to to really wake up here. But, yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it, how he's kind of the reason the Flyers are where they are with, with some of their guys. And, I mean, he gets a lot of shit for not calling up Carter Hart when he was there. And a lot of people are saying that. But he was like 902 in the AHL and 890 for most of it. So... I don't think that that was wrong on his part. And, and sure enough, he's he's rivals with him now. I think he's smart enough to know, like, hey, we don't need to rush a goaltender up here if we're going to be putting him in a backup spot. That's my yeah, two cents there. What else we got? He's, he's patient. Um, something that Jim Rutherford didn't seem to be. But Patrick Laine, um game three, I think, in Columbus or game four. And he's already sitting on the bench. And it wasn't for the play. I mean, it could have been for the play. There was two there. We tweeted out. But... I mean, I, I'm all for, you know, getting an FU matches with coaches because, you know, it, it shows you care. And if you hear like Hitchcock and like they like that stuff, but there's a certain line that he seems to have crossed. Yeah. And if it's with the assistant coach, too, it's just weird. Like, like I, Those I, are you your buddies, of, right? You kind of wonder, you're like, what did he say? Like, what did this player's coach do to really piss him off? But also, like, why is your attitude that bad on like? Game number two in in Columbus. New team. You want to make a good impression. You want to be like, hey, I want to be the guy who you're going to pay $9 million a year for. And all of a sudden, you're going to get an FU match with them? Like, I don't know. Grow up. That's that's number one. You got to grow up. He's terrible defensively. He's pathetic defensively. Yeah, he's got a good shot. He's going to be good on the power play. But that's not a guy I want on my team. Honestly, that's, that's not a guy you win with in playoffs. He clearly isn't. No, and I mean, you... Paul Maurice deserves a lot of credit for how he handled the situation and just moving forward. Dubois played last night and I mean, to be Dash fair to one. him, he looked, yeah, he, he looked like a guy who just got out of quarantine. He played three minutes in the first, like 13 in the game, but he'll make Winnipeg just as good, if not better than with line. It was there. I mean, he was playing with Trevor Lewis, so you know, <laughs> he was there on a PTO, but, but good for him. He'll be better. He'll, he'll, he'll definitely, you know, kind of a fit his role in Winnipeg a little more. I think he's going to be kind of a depth guy up the middle that, you know, he can fit in that first line. He can play the second line and you can really give him that depth up the middle, which teams need to win in the NHL nowadays. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard to find a better one, two, three punch with. How about Shifley. Roslovic's goal? Though? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Talk I guess he wasn't just a thrower. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. I was ripping him like, oh, he's sitting out. He's, you know, bad attitude. I don't think he's going to do much. And boom, he's been way better than Line. Well, it was warranted, though, because in the bubble last year when Shifley got hurt, like, Roslovic wasn't really a factor. But speaking of guys who are factors, Austin Matthews, I think he scored in eight straight games now. I mean, not a bad player. I mean, and I think the thing with him is he always had the talent. But this year, you know, you look at the first game and, Ben Chirac cross-checks him and he goes and breaks the stick on him. Like that hasn't been there in the past. And I think that's a huge reason like that he's way more engaged. Yeah. What a shot he's got. How about that goal he scored against Vancouver? I don't he's know. He's the if only that guy that could one. do that. Yeah. Like, man, like just the way that he like put the puck through the D man's legs, quick shelf, like just a tap in bar South makes it look so easy. 
He's incredible. He is. And I, I know no one's going to put him in that same class as your, you know, McDavid's. I would say he's, he's right up there. With Dry- he's got to be right with dry side, though. Like those are two very good comparables, eh? Oh yeah, and I mean they're they're very different players. I drive well, yeah, but I'm just being like value yeah, no, wise. for for value wise for sure they're they're really good. And Toronto seems different this year. I'll, I'll give them credit for for what they've done. How's those wisdom teeth doing though? We got to get into that because I had mine out last. It's not wisdom summer. teeth yet. That's oh, next. okay. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, to start off, I was coaching the other day. I opened up, like, there's only six or seven guys on the ice. I open up on a two-on-one, catch an edge, go flying into the boards, whole no. right side. I can't, yeah, I can't even sleep on it for, for a week or whatever. And then, what sure idiot. enough, the, my ortho, who's my uncle, he's like, yeah, you should probably get this tooth checked out. So I go and get my teeth checked. And, I mean, I have good teeth. It's just that, you know, I had Invisalign, and they're they're tough to, to really clean well. So I got this massive cavity that's the lady looks she's like that's damn near root canal and i'm just like okay so whatever she operates on it and they're they can barely get like the the tarp thing attached to my teeth or whatever and they freeze me up and i was frozen for probably seven hours like i went to bed it was there at like four went to bed at 11 it was like i still can't smile or whatever so that's a nightmare and sure enough she's like yeah like your wisdom teeth should probably come out like get that appointment book so the wreck was sent in they hit you with some good drugs too i've never had a cavity knock on wood i've been uh lucky and i got my wisdom teeth out though funny story i don't know if i've told it before or not so like the day of i got it the wraps were in the playoffs too it might have been a final game and so i got it like i got home at like four or five whatever started watching the game fell asleep woke up at like two three in the morning the tv was still on and it was like a replay of the game and i swear i just woke up and it was like oh after halftime now watch the rest of the game like oh nice the wraps won is it painful though? Everybody I talk like you're like yeah, like my wisdom teeth, and they're like ooh, like it, like it, they it sucks for like a day. Like I had all four of mine out. Plus I had a little work done on my jocks. I was an idiot and kind of didn't get that looked at when it first cracked. But like you know, once once you get the drugs in you and stuff, it's a few days of pain, but you'll be fine. No, I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward to it. I'm sure that I'm sure there's been worse incidents if you've ever played hockey than getting your wisdom teeth out. But you do get some loopy it, drugs. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like what I'd say if I was all like drugged up or whatever. Like I'm sure my mom will take me to the appointment. So <laughs> we'll have to see what it, what I'd say yeah. there. Mama, mama um, trout coming through clutch. Okay, we yeah. got to get out of here though. Leafs Habs uh, tonight. Who you got? Oh, Leafs Habs. That's an easy one. I'm going with the Leafs. They're buzzing. Austin Matthews buzzing. I think uh, let's go six four Leafs. Jeez, I'll go three one Montreal. That's it. Book it. Hey, there you go. Huge thanks, Tim Tim Stapleton. Oh, boy, didn't fumble on that one. Lee Hextall as well for coming on World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen, Adam Trout for our friend Jeff Beck over at 12 Ounce Sports. Until next week, follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Huge thanks, Pearl Rock, Coco, Vodka, Rum, My Bookie, all the above. Quack stats, everyone who helps us out here. Everyone, be kind, be better.